the intersection of Christian thought and Christian living is God's standard of holiness. It's time to stop avoiding issues and talk about where we stack up after asking some hard questions. We are encountering Christ through conversation. This is the Amos 77 Project. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Amos 77 Project. Let me start by saying that I want to apologize to my listeners for taking so long to publish another podcast. I could make the excuse and tell you that with everything that's been going on, and it's been a lot since the last time that we spoke, that that would be a really good excuse. But I'll be really honest with you. I've recorded two or three episodes and got into the editing process and realized that I didn't like any of them or anything in them that I had said. It wasn't that the content of it was bad or anything that I said was bad. It's just that I really felt like that I wasn't really capturing the heart of God. I had to really take a look at the things that I said and what the intentions of my heart were before I published them. As uh, you all know that there is a lot of things going on in the world and there's a lot of arguments over masks and uh, civil rights and I had weighed in on those things and I had made mention of those things in my other podcasts that I recorded and I really felt like that it wasn't capturing the heart of God in them. It was mostly my opinion and okay, that's okay. We all have opinions. But I really wanted to let the Spirit of God speak through me and not let my spirit speak through me and mask it as something that God wanted me to say. I found myself condemning other people for the things that they said without actually taking a look at some of the things that I've said. And I'll be really honest with you, I haven't found a really good way to clean that up. So I didn't like anything that I recorded, and I didn't like anything that I had edited and finished, so I decided to just wait. In Luke chapter 9, verse 55, Jesus is speaking with his disciples, and he tells them, basically, he said, you don't know the spirit that you are of. And what had happened in that story is that the disciples, James and John, wanted to go into the city to find a place for Jesus to stay on their way to Jerusalem. And the people there, they rejected Jesus, and they didn't want to give Jesus a place to stay. And James and John asked Jesus, they said, hey, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to burn these people up? And Jesus rebuked them, and he told them, he said, listen, you don't know the spirit that's influencing you right now, and you don't understand the things that you're saying, because the things that you're saying sound good, They sound holy, but they're not. You're being influenced by evil to do bad to other people on my behalf. I'll be really honest with you. Social media has really been full of, I think, people who believe that they're doing the right thing and saying the right things, but they're speaking out of a spirit that's not the spirit of Jesus. And I just didn't want to be some dude on the podcast that's adding to all the noise. I've recently found myself in the middle of a bunch of hyper-opinionated people, and I felt like that I had a need inside of me to interject my opinion. 
And after a period of prayer and seeking God, I've realized that it's really not my opinion that matters. It's my actions right now that matter. So I've spent the last few weeks in doing the best good that I can do by helping out people in need. And I'll just talk a little bit about that today. So the past couple of weeks, I've been helping a friend of mine out. Now, his wife passed away somewhere back in April, I do believe. And he lives several hours away from me in another state. Him and I have lost contact for a really long time. We've been friends for about 20 years. And we came in contact with each other right before his wife passed away. After not talking for some 18 to 20 months. So anyways, I got in contact with him again and we started talking and then I found out he was sick and then his wife became sick and then his wife later died. So he's been living by himself trying to, I guess, put a house together after the passing of his wife. In the meantime, he's been dealing with and neglecting some health problems that he has because he's been working on getting his house back together after the passing of his wife. So I decided to take some vacation time, and I agreed to go and see him and to help him out. When I got there, I found things to be a little bit worse than I originally anticipated. His health problems had prevented him from keeping up a house, and his health problems had prevented him from doing the things that you take for granted during a normal functioning day, I guess. So I spent some time with him so he could get his house together and just have some fellowship and to talk to him. And I really started focusing on the gospel and Jesus and how much he needed Jesus in his life. And he told me, he said, well, you know, Jimmy, I love the Lord and everything. And then he started telling me about how him and God had this arrangement, uh, if you will, or had some special relationship that really allowed him to live his life the way he wanted to live it, but he loved the Lord. And I really had to explain to him that there's no special or secret relationships, that there's only one real relationship, and that is when we say and we profess that we love Jesus, that one of the ways that we show our love is by living for him and doing the things that he asked us to do. And on a biblical scale, you can go in there and you can read the Bible and you can pick out scripture and this is how we're supposed to do this here and this is how we're supposed to do this there. But in at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing for me was is I wanted my friend to see me live out the Christian experience. I wanted to stick by my convictions. I didn't let them falter or I didn't thin them out to make him feel comfortable. I basically said, this is Jesus. This is me. This is how I'm supposed to live my life. And this is my expectation of how I live and walk this relationship out. And I have to admit, for as close as we are, we're as close as brothers can be or as friends can be and be brothers at the same time, it was really hard because he doesn't necessarily agree with my thought on my relationship with Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, we were able to work through those things 
by me loving him where he is at and helping him through the time that he's going through with his health problems and helping him put his house back together. I wound up going back to where he lives and wound up taking him to the hospital because he was very sick and because he had neglected his health, it has caused him to develop some problems. But in the meantime, it gave me an opportunity to show him how much support he has through friends and through family and how God works in our circle of influence. I thank God for the fact that while I was away helping him, I've been away from social media and Man, am I glad that I missed a whole bunch of garbage. I really feel like that there's a lot that is in there right now that people mean good, but they're really speaking out of a spirit that's not Jesus. And when I was looking out over social media and then comparing it to what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks with prayerfully helping a person extricate their life from the world, working with them one-on-one is more of what Jesus has called us to than getting on some sort of digital platform and spewing out a bunch of our opinions. And that has really caused me to look at how I do the Amos 77 Project. You know, when you're talking on a platform like this, you want to be edgy, but you want to be interesting and you want to try to do it in a way that gets people to listen. And I think God reminded me these past couple weeks with me helping my friend that it's not all about putting my opinion out there. It's all about teaching people how to love people the way Jesus did and putting yourself into positions where you have to Act with the kind of compassion that Jesus did. And you have to act with the kind of compassion and patience that Jesus had. And that is what it's truly like to disciple people and to get people to see things from your point of view. As Christians, our worldview is the Bible, our worldview is the lens of Jesus Christ and his love for people. It's not my opinion. It's not what my political feelings are. It's not about how I believe my political feelings fit into Christianity. It's about loving people. At the same time, you know, there's all of these things that are going on in the world where they're trying to normalize things that are outrageous. I'm not really going to go into those right now, but. It's really sad and crazy at the same time. I just want to tell anybody who's listening that if you believe that a social media platform is going to give you the ear to the world, you you have it wrong. It, It doesn't work that way. Jesus didn't have social media to draw people to himself. The way that he drew people to himself was through relationships and how he interacted with people on all scales of the spectrum of life. He had women that were prostitutes, that had demons that he delivered them from. He had blue-collar workers as fishermen. He had white-collar workers in Matthew. 
that was an accountant for Rome. He had uh, another man who followed one of the blue-collar workers named Luke, who was a physician. So he had all of these people from different walks of life that he interacted with. And it started with a core group of people, and it just kind of gravitated outward from there. Okay, none of this really is revolutionary, but it began to like formulate in my mind that if Jesus got influence from the way that he interacted with people, where am I on my spectrum with my circle of influence, and where am I with interacting with people by fostering relationships? I'm not fostering relationships if I'm hiding in a room somewhere, typing on a computer, on social media, trying to get the world to see my point of view. I can sit here all day and I can tell you how I feel like some of the things that I'm hearing and some of the things that I'm seeing is really arrogant, when in actuality, if I sit and I look at myself, when I was helping my friend, there were some things that I almost didn't want to do because I felt like it was beneath me. And I really had to humble myself to realize that this person that's my friend that I love a whole lot needed my help and they couldn't do certain things for themselves. And because they couldn't do it for themselves, there was nobody else there to help but me. So I had to humble myself. In that, I found out how I was arrogant. I find it really, really interesting that when you go looking for arrogance, you can find it no further than yourself. And another thing that I think is really interesting, here I was repairing a relationship. It wasn't really broken. It's just we had been away from each other for a really long time. But here I was repairing a relationship and then some things happened and I was introduced to another person that is a Christian, that is operating the way that Jesus wants them to operate. And I found the conversation to be really refreshing because we had a lot of things in common. So God was able to bring me together with somebody else that is like-minded that we're going to do ministry together while I was helping another friend who is away from the Lord. So it's amazing to see how God is working all things to the good for those who love him. The past two weeks have been a really amazing journey for me. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, especially when we got an election that's coming up in November. And I'm going to try very hard not to wade into the left-wing, right-wing debate because they're both wings of the same bird. And I believe that's an unclean bird. The one thing that I want to say before I close is, yes, I agree that there's a lot of things in the world right now that are really, really out of control. I mean, the whole political scene, the whole civil rights scene, the whole COVID-19 scene, there's things about this that's out of control. I mean, you think about all of these things and it really wants you to, it really promotes you to want to stand up and say something to address these things. But I want to give you this thought before I close. Jesus had made mention in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, don't worry about tomorrow because it has enough worry in it that worry about today. So I really tried to prayerfully attack the things that I believe that are out of control, 
by just giving them to God and leaning into God and really, instead of hiding in a room trying to formulate an opinion or formulate some attack or battle plan on how I'm going to address all of these political things, what God has been showing me is is that, Jimmy, what I want you to do is I want you to come back to the core where it's just me and you and start with your circle of influence, and I want you to work out from there. I'm going to put people in front of you who you're going to need to have relationship with, and I need you to work with them, and I need you to focus on them and let me focus on the big things. I mean, that sounds so simple. It's crazy, right? I can't handle, I can't attack, I can't change all of the things that are going on in Washington. I can't change the things that are going on all around the world, but I can influence that which is right next to me, right here, right now. And that starts with me and my heart and my relationship with Jesus Christ. So I did what any good Christian would do. I started to pray and I fasted for a few days. And fasting just literally, it it wrecked me. And it didn't wreck me in the ways that you think it did. You see, fasting disciplines the soul. You know, that's the intended work of fasting. But there was another wrecking that took place. It wrecked my prayer language. It was like a dam breaking from the depths of my being. My soul boasted in the great things of God, and I spoke words and prayers and things that I wished would come into existence that caused me to speak powerful and impossible dreams and these great hopes and this great anticipation for what I hope God would do through the ministry that I may have with this gentleman that became my new friend. You know, and for a moment, I want to believe all of those words that poured out of my heart and emptied itself of all of my pain and frustration and joy and elation, and it just settled into this peace. And I just prayed, please, Lord, let me see the words that uh, I just prayed come true. I'll sum it all up by saying, work on what's in front of you and let God handle the things that are beyond your control. And you know what? I think we're going to be amazed at what's going to happen when we do that. I think that's more leaning into living by a biblical principle instead of living by a American dream principle that's melded with Christianity, that's melded with religion, that's melded with politics. I think the church, if she would focus on herself and what's going on with her and how she formulates relationship with people, I believe that we would prayerfully have a people that would be powerful to counter the evil that we're seeing. My expectation is is that God is going to bring the kind of revival and the kind of resurgence in spirituality that will set the tone for the evil that we're seeing, will set the tone for the power of God, that will set the tone for the hope that we have for our children, for our futures. I mean, the possibilities are absolutely endless. And I think it's high time that we start focusing on the good that we can do to each other and for each other and help healing people and start loving people. Man, if you start 
thinking about all of the good that you could do for somebody, you can really start something that will roll out of control. How many times have you read stories about the pay it forward? You know, yeah, some people take advantage of that and they dupe people into giving them something better than they gave. But but think about the heart that started that, the pay it forward thing. And if you do that and make it your aim to do good by somebody, at least one person, either you know them or just even do good by one person that you don't know. Just think about how the Spirit of God can work in that one thing and produce something that just keeps moving, moving outward. You know, God said that His Word would not return void. That means it keeps going out and it keeps replicating itself over and over and over and over again. That's all I wanted to share with you. Just I hope that you take the opportunity to see the good that's in front of you and act upon the good that you can control and just leave that whole political thing and all the evil that's been generated, just leave it to itself. And I believe that if we do the good that we have to do that's in front of us, that we will influence the world around us to where God will take care of these big things. And you know what? When you pray, talk about those big things that are really bothering you in the political sphere. We're supposed to pray for our leaders anyways. We're supposed to pray for our government while we obey it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. That's what I want you to do. If it's good, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's excellent, think about those things and then ask God how you can do them. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Amos 77 Project. We pray that you were informed and empowered by what was said. Please like and share. Leave a comment or contact us at amos77.project at gmail.com.